country. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Big G Country. On today's show, a troubadour that traveled coast to coast across Canada for 22 years on his CBC television show, On the Road. A great music maker and writer from the Ottawa Valley, a guy that's raised a lot of money and certainly bragging rights for young kids in the Chio Hospital in Ottawa, and of course, a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame in the Ottawa Valley. Wayne Rostad is with us today. Wayne, it's great to have you on Big G Country. Thank you, Gary. It's wonderful to be on the show. Thank you. Listen, we go back a long way. By the way, just before we get started, uh, I got a call last night from my my buddy, Matty. And uh, uh, Matty said, make sure when you're talking to Rostad, uh, you ask him what the best hire he ever made at Smith Falls Radio was. (laughs) <laughs> you talking about Wayne? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I hired him to come on board, it was a wonderful thing because he began his country music career as a broadcaster. Yeah. And ultimately, with you and your partnership together on air and everything else, I mean, a guy that loved the industry so much, he lived it, he breathed it, you know, he, he ate it for breakfast, I'm sure. Uh, so he was a wonderful ad to the station and a great entity. And, uh, I really relished watching him over the years. Now, now his second question was, ask him why he fired me. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting too good for the station. I think he just needed too much money, and it was a small station, and he had to get fired to move on. It's still sometimes, sometimes what you think is the worst thing is the best. I told him, I said, this is not the end of your career, Wayne. This is the beginning of your career. I said, we, can't, we just can't meet you know, the, the demands of your talent right now. So, you know, go off and do it, man. I'll be watching you. And I, I gave him all the encouragement I could, so. It was kind of a backhanded whack in the butt, but it got him going. It got him going. Put well, him in the U.S. I know the. Um, we always say, and I, I, I've always been a big fan of Wayne's, of course, and, and working with him for 16 years was wonderful. But I always say he worked at the. He has been fired by the biggest radio stations in Canada. <laughs> but but uh, what a great talent! Anyway, Wayne, um, you know your musical career speaks for itself. Um, I guess I'm a little proud to say that uh, I had a little a little hand in uh, the beginning of it, and so where 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 did that start? Well, I got to start off by changing your little hand to a big hand to begin with, because I was an artist that had released the record in 1972. It was called November Rain. So I mean, we got some local play in Ottawa, and uh, and and you heard it, and and, and, and you said uh, this is a great record. Why is it not being played all across the country? I said, well, I don't know. It's just not, you know, a, a hit record is a very, as you know, hard thing to get, very difficult thing to get. It's, it's, there's, there's no formula, and if there was, we'd all be doing it. It's just, it's the luck of the draw and the right thing in the right place at the right time. And you were the right person to take me to the right place, which was CFPM Toronto. And you wrote me down. You took me down. You were determined to say to the, I think his name was Gary Hector. And he was the man that you said, uh, if he breaks your record, you'll, you'll, you'll break it all over Canada. And you walked in and you said to him, have you heard this record? And he said, well, well no, actually I haven't. He said, well, I'm going to listen to it, he said. And he played the record and he said, well, oh, that's a darn nice record. Good record. And Gary says, well, it, this is a hit record. Why is it not being played? 
So they started playing it, and I'm, you know, 20 some years old, uh, whatever the heck I was, uh, 23, 24. Uh, no, I was a little older than that, actually, 28. Uh, but anyway, all of a sudden, they start playing it, and all over the country, it's a big hit record and scored top 20. And uh, it was the beginning. It launched me and my name and my entity, my songwriting, because a guy called Big G said, this isn't right, this is a hit record. And you believed in me when, when you know, I needed somebody to be there. So I can't accept the small business about the small role you played. You played a large role, very well, large role. I didn't ask you that question to well, get that get answer. It. That's what you get for doing what you did. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when I when I first heard you sing, uh, it just, I couldn't believe it. I, I said, you know, why are you standing here doing the news when you could be, you know, you could be uh, a talent in Canada. Well, and you had some great help because you had, uh, you had John Hart at CFGM, who was the guy who actually broke the record for you. John, um, yes. You, you had, uh, you had uh, Preston there, the president of RCA Canada, come and listen to you and talk to you. And then you went on one of their subsidiary labels uh, and, and went down the road, which was just, uh, I, I mean, you're, anyway, as a great, as and I think one of the first Canadians to really promote their own music, because now it's like everybody writes their own music. Uh, and it's sort of, oh, yeah, we've only been doing this for a few years. No, no, no. You were doing it right from the start. Uh, you didn't sing other people's songs. You sang Wayne Rostad music. And I think that was the key to uh, to the success and still is today, by the way. Thank you. It was at, at that time, uh, it was a heady thing to do because nobody was really seemingly interested in other than being a Nashville clone, it seemed. And so for you to come out of the woodwork and say, I'm going to sing for people in my own backyard, I'm going to celebrate, you know, the guy called Doug Marble who lives down the road in a log cabin. I'm going to celebrate a small community called Wakefield. I'm going to celebrate a, a, a tinsmith guy that I know. Uh, it was a bit of a, a quantum leap back then. Uh, we had one caveat that was there waiting for us, and that was the CRTC, who had started doing a program called Maple, as you well remember in radio. Yeah. And it gave us encouragement to look within our own boundaries to write songs and to, and to entertain. And so the option to become a Nashville clone or to go to Nashville, essentially, and, 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 and uh, just didn't materialize. I had a son to raise. I was a single parent. I was here in Canada. That wasn't the deciding vote, but it certainly was a critical part of my decision to stay in Canada. And I said I would just stay here. When I looked into television, television decided they wanted to tell stories in part with songs that I would write. So all of a sudden, instead of losing the ability to continue as a songwriter in Canada, the TV show fed the songwriting, the songwriting fed the TV show, and the two married together. And I mean, I traveled between the three shows that I had in television, 35 years storytelling, singing songs, writing songs. It's been a, 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 such a wonderful tale. I couldn't live it again, but I sure wouldn't live it any other way. I don't regret saying I'm digging in, and this, this is my home, and I'm digging in and singing about us. Well, on the road uh, was... I I could not miss an episode of that. And the reason why I couldn't is because I have a huge interest in normal people. When you become an interviewer on radio, like all of us have, 
then you become more interested in the human aspect of the person you're interviewing than the professional, uh, professional artistic uh, camouflage sometimes of the artist and the image. And that's what you did with On the Road, uh, whether you were interviewing somebody in Newfoundland or in British Columbia or wherever. And it was a unique story from the community. Uh, tell us some unique stories that in what, 22 years? Is that how many years you were there? Uh, on the road again, the program, yeah, that specific program was 22 years. And it was just, a, it was a, a, a love affair with Canada and Canadians. It was, I never felt prouder. I still do, of course, to this day. It made me, the, the, you know, someone who loves this country incredibly. Uh, because of the experiences. In 22 years, I never went to work a day in my life. I went to visit neighbors. And I mean, I showed up in a town, uh, the last town at the end of the road uh, in northern Alberta, wherever I was, or in Newfoundland on some island where only a fishing community lived, where, you know, John Blunt would, would uh, leave the community of British Harbor for the first time in his life at age 22 and, 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 and take a boat to another outport and find himself a wife and bring her back to British Harbor and then raise a family. I mean, such salt and uh, such uh, meat and potatoes stories, so, so everyday family stories. The, the, the success of On the Road Again was the people allowing us into their lives and sharing their joys, their passions, their loves. And it, it was no magical formula, but we stumbled into that magical formula. It was in itself, the simplicity was a magical formula. And people across the country resonated and, and started watching in droves. We have drove, we have the uh, um, book, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, more people were watching Country Report in the 1990s at one point than Peter Mansbridge's The National. The good part about the program too, Wayne, was that, I mean, your your personality fitted fit fit so well into that type of a show because basically for those of us who know you well you're that kind of a guy i mean you've always been the uh down to earth roots kind of guy and will always be that way but i mean on some of the shows like for example the show in newfoundland where there was these three guys and i think i'm not sure if two of them were brothers and a cousin or whatever and on friday nights or whatever it was they would get into this little shanty start drinking the juice and start playing this music. And then you go in to interview them because it's kind of like a local ritual there. You go in to interview them and then you join right in with, with them. After and, I drank and, some of the juice. Yeah. And I'm sitting there just <laughs> killing myself laughing because, hey, I know you. But the best part was the talent of these three guys who just enjoy getting there playing their uh the one guy had a fiddle and a couple of guitars or whatever it was and there you are with your with your guitar playing playing with them that was uh it's that's canada and that's that's what we in in canada lack so much these days is being proud of our heritage and the and the differences we have across this nation, and that's we're, what we're learning, Gary. The nice thing to know is that there are more and more Canadians who are proudly addressing the fact that they are Canadians and saying they're Canadians, writing about all things Canadian, 
Uh, there are groups that are out there and, and individuals that have been doing this forever. Bernie Glockman has forever been singing about his backyard. A local group to me in Ottawa, Ambush, a very, very talented group of, uh, of uh, artists. They have been performing in, in, in the community here. They are like gold to the viewers because they know that their, their hearts are in the right place. They're with their community, entertaining the community. That kind of stuff has been happening more and more uh, these days. And, you know, now that we have you know, internet and the connections, of, you know, I mean, the world is ours. It doesn't, uh, we don't need to put on our hat and go to a big studio in Toronto to record a song. You can, you can cut a song in your own home studio and come up with some magic that um, going to a big studio would have taken you away from your roots because you would have got caught up in a big city production and the, and the national influences. And I'm hearing all kinds of stuff on, on YouTube these days and on the internet of artists from home coming out with the most creative works imaginable. And one of these days, I'm going to get off my butt and I'm going to try that stuff. I mean, it's all new to me as, as it is to many of us of my genre because um, we're just a little older. So, but it's not too late for us to investigate and find out what the heck is still left in the tank. How much gas do I have left in the tank? As long as I have the zeal and the will to keep writing and doing it. Hey, maybe there's another record out there. If I need help, I'll call yep. Big G, Big G, Big G. I need your help to get this on, a, get this on the radio. <laughs> well, listen, I'll tell you this right now we, before we close here, but I want to say a couple of things. Number one, um, you're still touring. I mean, you're still doing some, uh, some, some music things. And if you want to have an enjoyable evening for a great storyteller and a true Canadian with lots of great talent that comes with them, then you go and see Wayne Rostad. How, uh, have you got, I know with this with this thing we've just gone, we're, we're in right now, it's been difficult. But um, so how would people get in touch with you if they want to have Wayne Rostad come by? They can get a hold of me uh, through the website, waynerostad.ca. And uh, Gerd Lohman is the man who handles all of my affairs, and he will he'll put people in the right direction and connection with me, and, and I'm happy to talk to anybody. And yes, I'm still performing. Uh, it's been, of course, for all of us as musicians, a very difficult time with COVID. Uh, my heart goes out to musicians whose sole income is making music, and they have not been able to make music publicly and get out of large except for a very short period over the summer. It's been very, very hard for these people, for these right. uh, artists and entertainers. And uh, I know all of us share, you know, the empathy, we have empathy for the difficulty. And we're hoping that all of this gets by us sooner than later and we get back into some uh, some form of, uh, I mean, I've got Christmas in the Valley, the Five City Tour that I want to get back again. We can't do it right now because nobody's going to come into a theater and sit with their new best friend next to them that they don't know. Uh, and, 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 and understandably. And, and so... You know, we put that on the shelf for now. We'll be with everybody in spirit over Christmas, of course, but uh, but uh, we'll look forward to all that straightening out. And, uh, and uh, yeah, there's still gas in the tank. So ready to do it. My last question, and that is, as you can see, I'm wearing my Kids for Kids hat. And um, uh, here in the Kingston community, we have this wonderful group of people that over the last 24 years has raised money for our neonatal unit and for the Boys and Girls Club. And I know you mentioned Christmas in the Valley, and you have done an awesome job for the Children's Hospital um, in Ottawa. And I know that you'll, you just mentioned it, but you'll continue to do that, right? 
Phil, absolutely. It's been something I've done for 34 years. And I've also helped children's hospitals across the country, down in Nova Scotia, Manitoba, over the years. If there was a cause for the Miracle Chub Network um, for children, I would be part of it and, and always happily did. So uh, the, the work I do for CHEO is ongoing, and um, I'm looking forward to getting back with the, with the especially the Five City Tour because that's, uh, that's my specific uh, fundraiser for CHEO uh, in my life right now. Wayne, thank you so much for being on Big G Country. Um, I was so looking forward to talking to you again and and, uh, seeing that cheery face. And we just really want to say thanks a lot for being here today. Yeah, it was such a pleasure. Again, thank you for putting the gas in the tank. I owe you you money, man. You put the bucks in the tank and took me to Toronto and got my, my career started. I never paid for the gas that I can remember, did I? Did I pay you for anything? You just did it because you wanted to do it, you bugger. Like I said, Wayne, thank you for being on the program today. <laughs> Listen, don't worry. <laughs> the guy, the, Good to see you again. Thank you. The, the, guy, the guy OU has been paid. <laughs> Thumbs up to you, buddy. Thumbs up, baby. Wayne, it was great to have you on Big G Country today. Thanks for taking time, and thanks for reminiscing about the the good old days. <laughs> now, a young lady who has a radio show coast to coast across Canada, and I know that I told you when we started this program that we were going to have country music artists, we were going to have country DJs, and talk a little racing. Well, today it's DJ time, and with me is Wendy Boomer. Well, she does a daily show every day on Country 101.1 in Ottawa and also a coast-to-coast Canadian Country Countdown show. Hey, Wendy, welcome to Big G Country. Welcome. Hi. It's very nice to be here. Nice to see you. Well, it's nice to be seen. You know, people, <laughs> right? people say when you go into retirement, maybe you shouldn't be seen, but I'm not in retirement. I'm, I'm out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> that lasted for about five months. So, yeah. the uh, radio's crazy right now because of the, uh, you know, this whole COVID thing. You're still on the air in Ottawa and across Canada, I might add, with the uh, Canadian Country Music Countdown on all the Rogers Country Music radio stations. So, tell us a little bit about uh, Wendy Boomer's journey into radio. Let's let's let people know that that haven't heard you or uh, know about you, a little a little about yourself. Well, I mean, you could probably tell the story better than I can. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell the story. You are going to tell the story. All right, all right. So, ugh, I've, um, this is weird because you were one of my first bosses. And so, as you know, it's bizarre to talk about this now. Young little Wendy wouldn't have thought that I'd be sitting here talking to you 17 years later in the biz. Weird. Um, but it all started in high school for me. I did a focus program at KCVI and um, basically just at that point really wanted to be involved in music in some way. And so it started really young and got to eventually kind of co-manage the radio station, the cave at uh, the high school. And then from there I went to college for it. And then I got my first gig in Kingston at K-Rock. So started out as a receptionist and pretty much did every job there. 
until uh, Glenn Williams gave me a shot on, I believe it was maybe news before I even got into the music side of things. And then uh, little G <laughs> kind of passed me off to you eventually is basically what happened. You had an opportunity for an afternoon drive shift on the country station and I was very young. I was very unprepared. <laughs> and I remember saying to you, I want to give it a shot. And I'll never forget this because what you said to me was, I'm good. I want to give you a shot, but we're going to give you a shot. It's going to be a trial. We're going to give you a couple weeks and see how it goes. And I think I ended up doing that drive shift for almost five years, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, first off, it was a shot I was pretty sure was going to hit a bullseye. And, uh, and the reason was because, you know, now call me old school. But I still think there's two kind of announcers in any type of radio. There's a radio announcer, and they usually hang around for years and years, and people in the community accept them in that. Then there's the personality, and the personality is the type of radio announcer that generally gets the biggest show on the station, the most money, and the first to be fired when the ratings aren't that good. So when I saw you, Wendy, and I heard you on the radio, the greatest thing is, it's called relations. And if you can relate to people personally, you also have to, in radio, relate to people through a microphone. And uh, I had no doubt that you were going to do well, and here we are today. But uh, your journey from uh, Glenn Williams uh, in the rock side of it and then over to the countryside, what were your thoughts at that time? At that time, I was terrified because... To be completely honest, even on the rock side, I was terrified because I went to school as a production major and I thought that's what I was going to do. And the more I hung around the station and kind of was doing my internship, the more opportunities that you guys just gave me. It was, you know, opportunities to be on the air with Rogue Crew and being out on the street and talking to people. And it just kind of led me down a path that I didn't expect to be down. And so then when I even got my first gig in... Um, in rock, I was nervous because I was raised on folk. I was raised on Bruce Coburn it's behind me right there. And I, you know, I wasn't raised on a lot of country music or even like the classics of Led Zeppelin and whatnot. My mom liked the Beatles, but I was just like, I think I'm diving into something I don't know very well. But then that's when I kind of quickly realized between any genre, you don't have to know it well to fall in love with the artists. And again, it's about the personalities and the people behind the music and the meanings behind the songs. And so it's pretty easy in a way to become <laughs> in any genre and fall in love with it. And then again, really truly, it's, it is about the music, but it's also when it comes to being on air, it's about connecting with people. And so, you know, throughout the years it took some time but i realized like you said that that was kind of a gift that i have so it ended up working out but when you first hired me it was i think 2000 it was like 2006 ish maybe yeah, that was i was two, uh, 2005 but yeah five? you're you're uh, you're 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 close there so i didn't know country music very well in 2005 but i fell into the country music that was coming out in 2005 and fell in love with that really quick. Like, as you know, because of my start in country radio, that's why I'm still a big Dirk Bentley fan uh, because, you know, he was just kind of booming at that point. And so it was really easy to 
you know, just get into it. How do your, how does your relations with starting to interview these country artists, uh, both Canadian and American country artists that came through our listening area or when you, we first sent you to Nashville mm -hmm. with Jackie Beckett. And mm -hmm. like I said, you girls, when you left, whatever happens in Nashville, I don't want to hear about, okay? <laughs> but when you... It was a microphone and a whole setup to broadcast live, so everybody heard about it. Yeah. But when you went there and all of a sudden, you know, you really got into the heart of country music, uh, what were your thoughts then? Uh, that was when it really clicked to me that country music is as close to folk as you can get and really where my heart of what I love about music is. Country artists are true musicians. I don't know one that doesn't play an instrument of some kind or really get their chops involved in writing. Um, and they're also really great storytellers. And they're also really genuine people. And I hate to pit the rock guys against the country guys, but you'd have a rock band roll in for an interview and it was very different than when you would have a country artist roll in for an interview. The rock band would, you know, kind of like, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's chat, let's tell our story. And the country artists are giving you hugs and want to know more about you before they get into the interview. And I found that that's still the same to this day. So yeah, that's really what clicked with me is that, Again, these artists are, are true artists over just musicians or stars and uh, and a real passion for the industry and storytelling. Who are some of the uh, who are some of the interesting artists that you've interviewed now that you've been to Havelock, Boots and Hearts, Nashville and uh, people that come through the Ottawa area? Um, this is always a hard question. I'm sure you feel the same way, because after a while, it's like they're all interesting. Um, my most recent interview was with Billy Ray Cyrus, and that was very interesting because, again, I think a lot of people know Billy Ray for his stardom in the 90s and being the dad of Miley, and he had a lot of really great stories that he just started kind of pouring out of him. I didn't have to say much. And a really sweet guy, but these really awesome stories about George Jones and Johnny Cash and hanging out with them back in the day and, you know, the real true influence that they were on his life and his career. And I think that's something that not everybody actually knows is how involved in that world of true country music he is. So I found that really interesting and was happy to share that with everybody. And he, he, we started off singing somewhere over the rainbow together. I didn't expect that to happen. Uh, <laughs> so that well, was listen, fun. You, you've got some pretty good chops yourself uh, when it comes to singing, that's for sure. Um, awkward. <laughs> Wendy, you could handle it. I know you could handle it without any problem. The, uh, you, you're exposed now across Canada with your Canadian Country Countdown, which you've been doing for a few years now. And, of course, uh, with that comes all the interviewing and exposure and branding of the Canadian country music as it is today with all the artists. Um, there's, well, I don't want to use the word controversy, but let's just put it this way. The female country artists as opposed to male 
country artists in this genre as opposed to pop or rock or or other genres are females making any headway these days yes a hundred percent so not to toot my own horn but mostly my boss's horn to be completely honest amanda kingsland is a real um you know i, I don't want to say pioneer but she, you know somebody who really supported that a few years ago, like several years ago, we have our Girl Power Hour programming that happens every day for a full hour of females and our Girl Power Play that runs across the network. Um, and those are just some of the things to kind of just make that uptick. But I think in Canada, and I've talked to a lot of artists, I was talking to Mickey Guyton recently, and uh, she's a US artist, of course. And she was agreeing with me that there's a lot more work to be done in the U.S. when it comes to radio and female airplay. On the Canadian side, it seems that we kind of broke that. Uh, that train of thought that you can't have two females play back to back, like that kind of is completely out the window now. There's so many female artists that have uh, distinct voices and distinct sounds. And not to put the guys down, but there's so many guys that sound alike. And so now it seems that it's super easy to play three, four or five females back to back. And that just shouldn't matter anyway. As long as the song is good, the flow is good, the music is good. And it should be the same for guys too. Um, but I just think like, I mean, Tenille Towns, you know when that's Tenille Towns. You know it within the first note out of her mouth. Um, you know, so I just think there's a lot more diversity when it comes to the females as well. And I think there's a lot more empowerment in that, especially on the Canadian side. So we are seeing labels signing more females, looking at more females. So it's starting to happen. Um, I think in the bigger look, you know, of things, it's not just radio, there's a trickle effect here, but uh, when it comes to playing female artists, it, and that's not just us, I think across Canada, we're definitely, we've broken that idea that that can't happen. I agree with you, and uh, and I wanted to congratulate you guys on really promoting that these last few years because it's not an easy sell based on the fact that radio depends on ratings and ratings depend on different demographics of people listening. And for a long while, including today, I suppose, it's the male artists that attract the female listeners uh, more so. And uh, and but that's beginning to switch because now female listeners are starting to really back the fact that we need more female artists. And not only that, I mean, the quality of female artists in this country are amazing. Just blows me away every day uh, that I listen. The other thing is you, get, you have to remember that back in the day, back in the day, we weren't <laughs> allowed to play two female artists back to back. Yeah. And so uh, that has uh, that has changed uh, drastically, and uh, more power to uh, to you, Rogers and uh, Amanda, and, and everybody who's promoting that for sure. And just to close off, why don't we? Uh, why don't you just give a promotion to your your local show in Ottawa, and of course uh, the Canadian Country Countdown? And how would someone get a hold of you to talk more about radio? Um, when it comes to the shows, I am on the Afternoon Drive show on Country 101.1 each weekday from 3 till 7, and that includes our Girl Power Hour at 6 o'clock. And then uh, also the Canadian Country Countdown. My cat has decided to join us. Thanks a lot. <laughs> the Canadian Country Countdown takes place uh, across the Rogers Network, across Canada, every Saturday 
uh, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. again on Sundays at 7 a.m. And in Kingston, it airs on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. Wendy, thank you so much for being with us here on Big G Country. We really appreciate it. Continued success. You're my girl, and uh, and I, I absolutely uh, adore everything that you do. And to your fine husband, Will, uh, <laughs> make sure the plumbing is good today. <laughs> yeah, he's doing well. The, this was really professional, Big G. I mean, I thought maybe we were going to do a swaller and a holler here. and No, 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 <laughs> not yet. We'll get to it someday, but uh, no swaller and a holler. Well, wait a minute. There's a Big G cup. See? There we big, go. Big G country cup. <laughs> There's is a swallow and here's a holler. Yahoo! Okay. Thank you, Wendy Boomer. Thank you, Gary. It was so nice to see you. Congratulations on the podcast. This is really cool. What a great show today. Boy, I've really enjoyed it. And I hope you have too. And you can join us each and every week here on Big G Country by hitting that subscribe button on YouTube. And also, if you're listening on podcast, subscribe to our podcast broadcast each and every week because you can get us both ways on YouTube and audio on podcast. And here's how. Or if you want to get in touch with us, just give us an email at bigg, B-I-G-G, at biggcountry.ca. That's B-I-G-G, Big G, at biggcountry.ca. And let us know if you like the show or who you'd like to see on the program. Every week we try and get someone brand new and interesting. And soon we've got some great stars lined up for the future. So join us again next week for another edition of Big G Country. Big G Country.